Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Alex with Swamp Rat Fishing, and this is Bass and Brews, Episode 3. Tonight, we're going to have Bobby Roast Beef from the Jigs and Bigs podcast. Uh, Before we get cracking first, I want to talk about Hook Set Hoodlums, Um, the best team out there right now. Uh, This team won their sticks. We're going to talk about it tonight. The whole team has been just dropping bombs uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, so make sure you head over to hooksethoodlums.com. You can throw in promo code SWAMPRATFISHING, all one word, get yourself a discount. And uh, before we kick this off, Kate May Brewing Company, crushing it, because that's the day that we've had today. This is going to be an orange IPA. What do we got here? 8% alcohol. Bobby, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a, a staple Western Massachusetts beer. This is uh, Amherst Brewing Company's Jess. Oh, that's a good stuff. IPA, IPA. Yeah, this is yeah. this is wonderful. We ordered in, uh, dinner from uh, from the Hangar uh, earlier this week, and I went in. I was like, you know, I better pick up some beer for this podcast. I gotta, yeah, man. Yeah, be you know, got to make it happen. This is really good. I do love. I love. A, I love a good New England style, a juicy IPA. I Absolutely, as hazy and juicy as it can be. And uh, I, I don't know if you follow uh, Paul Glass. We're going to start off the rails. This is wonderful. Uh, Paul Glass on Instagram. He's been tagging Monster Energy Drink. Yeah, I'm going to start tagging Kate May Brewing Company. Let me try to get that Kate May Brewing Company sponsorship. You should, man. Every single thing that you have going on, like in every picture, you should absolutely tag it. Like when you're a little beer in there. Yeah, like whatever it is. Like I do stuff for my watches. Like I do the same thing. I'm like, I I take a picture holding the fish. If you can see my Belova or my Citizen, I'm like, right. You know, I don't know that it helps anything. I haven't gotten any free shit, but I mean, so I've only seen one guy. um, Do you know who Greg Blank is on YouTube? Name sounds familiar. If I I did start, so he's a kayak guy. He was from New York, and now he's on the West Coast. He probably fishes the Delta up in uh, NorCal. And uh, yep, and uh, so he's actually sponsored by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. It's amazing. Yeah, do this. You're a beer guy, so yes. you listen to Paddle and Finn, right? Yep. Oh, okay, I love Paddle and Finn. All those dudes are are Top amazing. Notch. Top notch. Um, I I was listening to an episode of their show, and there's a, a company that has award winning craft beer that is alcohol free. I think it's called Athletic Brewing Company. Have you ever heard of this? Oh no no no! I saw this at the uh, we call it the soda store in my house. So my kids think that we just drink a lot of soda. Soda. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I saw that, and I was really confused by it, because not only is it like like they've got IPAs, but they've got a double IPA, but it's all alcohol-free, so I don't understand what the double in it is. Yeah, I mean, it's still the, the, the calorie count is still crazy for a lot of those styles of beers, you know? Right. So, I mean, it's not like it's light in that sense at all. But but, but they, they, they had like at least five or six. They had a stout. Yeah. They had all these different beers, but they're all alcohol-free. I mean, that's good for folks that uh, 
I guess don't want the alcohol. I don't. If you're, yeah, exactly. Like if you're in recovery or something, I get it. I got to come up with a good nickname for the cannabis dispensary, though. That's what I got to come up with uh, over in my house. That's uh, yeah. What kind of store do we call you that? You got to put that up on a pole. You got to put that up on a pole. Like, <laughs> like dad's going to the Puff Dragon. Daddy's going to the candy store. <laughs> All right, everybody. If you guys don't know, this is Bobby Roast Beef. He uh, He's the host of uh, the Jigs and Bigs podcast. Um, so, so Bobby's a really good dude. Uh, I, I think we first met, I think, in November or October. Yep. Around that time. Uh, you reached out for me to come out on your show, uh, which I thought was amazing. Um, I think a lot of folks who do this whole Instagram, YouTube game, uh, we all know that you got to have some clout uh, or, or, or whatever you want to call it. But Bobby reached out and I was like super early in the account, just trying to like start speeding up kind of the whole process. And I thought that yep. was really awesome. Um, since then, we, we've chit-chatted, we've talked. Um, oh. You're a big part of Hookset Hoodlums, too. And uh, since I joined, I've got to kind of get to know you more, which is awesome. Oh, wait, hold on. Ramon's got it right there. Dad's going to the Garden Center. The Garden Center. Oh, oh, oh man. Genius. <laughs> Hang on. You earned it. And as you guys can hear, if you guys haven't heard Jigs and Bigs, this guy has a top-notch podcast. It's got production. It's got uh, great content. You're going to get yelled at for not wearing your PFD. All of it is just solid. (laughs) You are. Not by me so much, but yeah, you'll get get all of that for sure. And if you don't read the rules, you don't read the rules. He's gotten on me for that. So, uh, So, Bobby, tell me about how you started the podcast. So, all right, this is this is an interesting story. So I had, um, if, if you follow Jigs and Bigs at all, I had only started bass fishing in like 2012. And uh, I had always wanted to do some kind of content creation, but I didn't really know a damn thing about bass fishing. And I always kind of discredited myself. It's always just one of those things that I always do. I generally, I'm very self-deprecating. Like, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then uh, eventually... A buddy of mine that I had, uh, well, I actually stopped fishing for like a year. Um, there is, if you're one of our Patreon followers, there's a video and a react to it. And it was like, I almost killed my best friend when we were out fishing. Like okay. we we're out on, on some water and it, uh, we, were, we had rented a boat and it almost went really, really badly because we were just stupid. And uh, I was like, you know, I, I just don't think I'm any good at this. So I stopped. Mm-hmm. About a year went by, and uh, another buddy of mine, um, who actually I was just talking on the show, he just he just joined that six pounder club too, uh, and got his PB over the weekend. Um, and you know, he was like, "We got to go and fish." And ironically, he he asked me to go and fish at the one spot he and I both caught our recent PBs at. Oh, so we go over there, and I I'm like, you know, I'm just fishing a a, a weightless senko on a spinning combo, and I hook into a three and a half pounder, and I'm like, here we go, man. The tug is the drug. Here's the relapse, and then I just went. <laughs> I was going through this point in my life where, like, I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a really big guy. I'm over 300 pounds, but like, I was much heavier at this point. And I was like, I was looking to kind of push myself to get outside more and get more active. So I was like, I love to bank fish. I'm just going to go and hit the banks three to four times a week as hard as I can, plus go to the gym and watch what I'm eating and everything else. And I I dropped a, a ton of weight doing that. It was great. But part of that also was I got much more knowledgeable with what I was doing while I was out fishing. And a lot of that had to do with technology. So 
Then fast forward a little bit, you know, we're March or March of 2020 and COVID happens and my business shuts down. I have nothing to do other than fish. And once the ice, you know, was, was uh, once we had open water, I was just like, every day I got nothing to do. I'm going to go and fish. I would find a a retention pond just to try and find new water. You know, I would just go and try and catch fish here, try and catch fish there. And I was talking with a buddy of mine and I said, you know what, man, I think I'm going to start a podcast because I've been podcasting for a long time. I've done talk shows. I've done, tried to do game shows and things. And it's, it always works and I love it. It's a whole lot of fun, but a lot of it's really niche, you know? And it's, I was just like, you know, I'm not sure. I don't want to talk about trivia anymore. I don't want to talk about this. I just, you know, I just want to fish. So I'm like, maybe what I can do is sort of selfishly use this as a way to kind of document what I'm doing. And yeah. then also bring on guests and learn directly from them. So it wasn't long before I got three or four episodes in and the bug kind of hit. I was like, people are actually listening to this. Holy crap. Like this is a, a thing. And then I started meeting more and more and more people. And then I, I had, you know, I've known Sean for a long time. We worked together in the nineties, like getting out of high school. Oh, wow. And yeah, we, we, we go way back. And, and I knew he was a, a, a very much more accomplished angler than I was specifically when it came to kayak fishing. And I said, you know, uh, we, he, I had him on as a guest. Cause I was like, he's, he knows so much. He's got a ton of stories to tell. It'd be great. Had him on as a guest within a few weeks. I was like, you should be a part of the show. We developed the Sean, the fisherman program mm-hmm. uh, segment. And, and it, he would just kind of come on and tell his stories. I'd have guests and it, the show just kind of grew from there. And now it's just, it's snowballed into this monstrosity of content where like, like we, we hit the 10 K mark for our Instagram following. And I was like, I set that goal like stupidly, like knowing it was insane. And we did it in a year. We did it within a year. I, I couldn't believe it. So, oh, I can absolutely believe it, Bobby. You guys put out again, like you guys, when, when you reached out to me, I, I think, which is really funny because I think I was like two episodes, two weeks uh, of, of listening to you guys. And then you reached out. I was like, holy crap. You know what I mean? And then, and then watching from there, you guys were already like, already almost at that like that, that top level there and then every week it's getting better and better and better you guys aren't just like just rolling over and taking what's good and regurgitating you guys are literally making it better every week thank you man we i mean i don't even know like what it is necessarily that we're doing although i will say this so one of the things that really inspired me was uh andrew hayes and his his podcast tackle talk Mm-hmm. I love that sh- that show. It's so mm-hmm. full of great content. That one, there's another one that that um, is kind of a little bit dormant, I think now, and it's kind of a shame. It's called the bite. The bite and- was so good. Wasn't the bite Those great? Guys were so good. I don't understand why they stopped. Like, well, I mean, I get like Matt's schedule is insane and like everybody else has a bunch of stuff happening. So yeah, I- but like Matt wasn't even on the most of them. I wanted the back cast. Awesome. I thought it was. I thought it was the best. Like. Uh, like like uh what is it like almost like universe building right like you had you had sb fishing on the youtube then you can get the rest of the crew on the bite uh, you know on on a podcast form it was so awesome like they had it they had it like perfect they were so dialed in with their their banter it was awesome and i'll tell you that's the one thing about podcasting that i saw that was sort of a like there was something missing there. So like, you know, there's, there's podcasts that are amazing that are out there that are really consistent. Paddle and Finn, Tackle yeah. Talk, Dark Waters is really consistent. Like Dark Waters lot, is great. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there that's really consistent, but there's as for as much as there is in the podcast, that long form 
uh, specifically the audio only stuff, specifically in that that niche. And what makes that so unique is that unlike a, a YouTube video, like mm-hmm. when you're in your car, you can listen to that on Spotify and you can do it passively. Like I'll right. have earbud in and I'm washing dishes or cleaning the house and I'm listening to tackle talk and I'm just like, Oh yeah. So that's what he's doing in these high current situations or, you know, whatever it might be. So there's definitely like uh, a a unique, I I guess sort of reason why that, that market exists, but there's a lot of stuff like I'll I'll give you an example. I think Ben Milliken's uh, podcast was amazing. And, you know, talk about a guy who's got a million things going on. Like, I get why it's because it, it, it does. It takes a lot out to turn churn out like a quality show. Even if you're doing 45 minutes an hour, 30 minutes even, it's like right. to, to plan it, execute it, juggle the schedule if you're going to have guests or anything, and then get it out regularly is is a huge, huge challenge. And you always want to keep that that value level high for the people that are listening. But I got I got lucky and it was actually invited um, to, uh, like sort of like a podcasters, like round table mm-hmm. with, uh, with the, the podcasts that were featured there were, were, were jigs and bigs, um, tackle talk, serious angler and paddle and fin. We had this great conversation and I never realized that like, we all kind of brought something different to the table, but I never really knew our role. I don't like to determine our role necessarily. Like I'd like to let it organically get created mm-hmm. and one of the things that they had pointed out and and i think it was it was andrew from tackle talk had said he's like you know jigs and bigs is interesting because it's highly entertaining it's almost like a fishing morning show and i'm like yeah. that's genius that's exactly what we're looking for uh, that, that's uh he, he kind of nailed it i mean you guys are educational you guys um there is some instruction in there from sean and and from yep. you um oh, yeah. but it is highly entertaining um and I think it's entertaining for everybody. Obviously, you guys are based in New England, the Northeast. Yep. Um, so if you're from that region, it ties a little bit more to that region. But I think anybody could listen to. It's really funny. I, I put out those promo videos on Instagram. Yep. And uh, a buddy of mine, he fishes on the West Coast. Uh, I, I know him from the Coast Guard. And he's just like, holy shit, you know that guy? Like, you're going to have him on? Like, th- this dude, <laughs> I mean, this dude fishes like out in San Fran. And he knows who you guys are. And he's like, a lot of times I got to skip through some of the Northeast stuff. But, like, the bulk of it, like, they even know you guys out there, which is awesome that you could hit that, that reach that mind. far. Yeah, it, it, like, it's funny. We have probably about a quarter of our listening audience is based in New England. Right. But the reach that we have beyond that is there's a, there's a lot of Texans. There's a lot of Floridians, Californians that listen. Plus, in the Midwest, like, there's a whole ton of people that listen out in the Midwest, which is which just blows my mind. But it's funny because I almost look at that, that line of latitude from, like, northern Virginia all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. If you're north of that line, like, you can relate. You know yeah. what I mean? Maybe, maybe in like Oregon and, and Washington, you know, you're not out necessarily slaying pond hopping and slaying bass as regularly as you might be out, you know, catching, you know, trout and streams or something like that. Yeah. But it's that's the, the one thing I will say about fishing content is I'm seeing a lot more embracing of multi species. And you were actually a part of that from the get. I was like, I love the fact that you're out like catching crappie or focusing on one. I think it was specifically you were going through sort of like your breakdown of uh, of swim jigs. Yeah. 
And, and I mean, if I'm being honest, I was like, that is a presentation I need to work on more like just your straight up swim jig. So I started watching that stuff and I'm like, Oh, he's out, he's out there catching multi-species. Like that is, I think that's the way to do it. You see guys like Todd Grubb and you that are like, they're really mixing it up. I'm, I'm huge into that. Yeah. This, this was the first year that I did that. And I, uh, I mean, I, I'm really glad that I embraced that this year because uh, just going after whatever, um, it, it's I feel like what pushed me through this winter. It helped exactly. me make me a better angler. Um, it helped me understand. So to find the crappie, which in a lot of where I fish, especially river X, yep. that's the primary forage for these bass. Cause we get these giant yeah. crappie. So to figure out where they are, then I know to where, I mean, we'll break the news a little bit here, uh, to where I could figure out where to stage my baits today, where I busted my PB. Yep. At six point eight pounds, little ding for me there. But um, but thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Six point eight. Uh, stand by for Instagram all week. Uh, it's gonna be there all week. You're gonna be nauseated with how many pictures and how much I'm gonna talk about it. It's a good feeling though, isn't it, man? Oh, holy crap! I mean, I, I know we talked about it on the chat, and uh, I don't want to. Today was epic. Oh, yeah. Not only did we have uh, the video, and I got everything on video, like everything on camera. Dude, um, awesome. Not only did I break my PB, but I also had so much heartbreak today because I'm an oh, yeah. idiot and didn't bring a net. Um, that, so when you mentioned that, that reminded me because I, I fished, I was fishing that day with Chris Tabari, also Hookset Hoodlum's pro staff. Hookset? Like Chris is awesome. Like he's 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 amazing. If let me tell you, Chris is probably one of the most talented humans I I've ever met. Like super talented. If you listen to like, well, I don't know. Were you on for the Jigs and Bigs recording today for the podcast that's dropping? No, no, I missed that one. I was out fishing, or no, no, not out. I was putting my kids down. I think. Okay, so we had we recorded, and there's this one segment where we had uh, um, somebody who called in playing the roles of two people. One of them being our intern howie that was all chris all the russian accent and the english accent which by the way the howie accent that comes from an adult podcast that uh that that sean had edited and and pulled like uh tongue-in-cheek phrases from and we staged that whole thing and he just within a second nailed that british accent like oh, that's awesome. it. i was like holy crap it's that dude like Chris is a talented guy. So we're just out having a great time fishing. But I remember we left the truck and he's like, do you have a net? And I'm like, you know, I do, but I usually don't take a net when I bank fish. I usually don't. Little did I know I was going to catch an almost seven, you know, on my oh, medium man. power rod. Bobby, it that's what happened today. Literally. So, so, so I listened to the podcast last week, right? Where you're describing all of this and it was a great, Hey, it, it was a great trip last week. Uh, that video comes out Thursday. Make sure you guys watch that. But I'm sitting there, and I'm going to be dead honest with you. I'm sitting. I'm in the kayak. I'm fishing. And you're like, yeah, we didn't bring it. I was like, I don't need it. In my head, I'm like, man, Bobby's an idiot. Yeah. Like, 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 why wouldn't you bring that? You're an idiot. You know what I mean? I mean, it happens to the best of us, but, man, you're an idiot. So I'm literally getting out of the car this morning, and I'm like, I look at the net, and I go, Nah, they weren't that big last time. I'll be okay. And the first one that I lost, I went, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Four. I feel like you have the same net, too. Like the little folding, yep. like 
super compact. So, you know, what's funny is I, I recently picked up a new bank fishing bag, a sling bag from Samurai Tactical. Okay. And like Samurai Tactical for the price, um, amazing. And it's lifetime guarantee, like yeah. un- unbelievable. So I'm like, you know, there's the same thing with my catchboard. I don't carry that when I bank fish. It's only in the kayak, right. but I've been bank fishing all spring and I've actually been, been killing it. Like I've been doing great with it and I love it because it's, it's a whole other style of style of fishing. I love, believe me, I love getting in a kayak mm-hmm. almost as much as I love getting on somebody else's boat. That's the greatest. That's the money spot, right? When you don't have to gas it up. I mean, you give your money, I, right? But you don't I, have to I, gas I, it up. You don't have to pay the maintenance fees because I don't know if you ever heard the phrase, but boat is an acronym, right? Break oh, yeah. out another thousand. Yep. And it's, it's just- no joke. And actually we have a, a, a member of the, the Hookshead Hoodlums pro staff that, that may within the next four or five days be jumping into his first bass boat. Is that uh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That should I, be interesting. Yeah. All right, so uh, when it comes to fishing, what would you say your style is? Are you power, finesse? Are you um, spot-oriented or are you pattern-oriented? So I'm definitely spot-oriented. Definitely, definitely spot-oriented. I like to try to be as versatile as possible, but for me, what comes naturally is more finesse. Okay. Um. I will look at a spot and look at whatever cover is around and try to uh, downsize or slow up as much as like I fish a lot of uh, really high pressured waters too. But Mm -hmm. over the last two years, I've tried to get more and more focused on power fishing. I started getting into uh, like wake baits and fishing a lot more top water buzz baits and stuff like that. Uh, last summer, I never really experimented much with, with top water fishing at all. Um, and then, uh, this year it was all about finding fish. Like that's sort of my goal, learning how to find fish. And that's twofold. Like I do have, I have some electronics for the kayak. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of getting a new kayak. Right, uh, from, getting to a big boy boat, right? Getting into big a big boat, boat. Exactly. That's the plan. And so the electronics is one part of it, but there's a learning curve with there. And I'm really excited to dive into that and start mm-hmm. breaking down like offshore fishing and like look for, you know, really deep fish. And, you know, because I'm comfortable throwing drop shots. And, but I, what I'm not comfortable with is like deep cranking. So I want to start trying to like focus on that. But the other side of it that I can work on immediately is the planning side of it. So I'll give you an example. There's a really, really crazy high pressure uh, body of water. Well, I I, can, I mentioned it on the show. It's called Wachusett Reservoir, right? Mm-hmm. And there's uh, great trout population in there. There's lakers. We've got there's smallmouth in there, largemouth. I mean, there's tons of different species. But what, what makes this really unique is that there's some really deep holes mm-hmm. and locally the ponds that I fish, like you, you might, if you get 15, 17 feet, that's deep here. There's spots that are like 40 to 50 foot deep. Some of them like really okay. deep and it's a drinking water supply. So there's no boats. All the fishing is all bank fishing and it's wow. a monstrous body of water. Wow. So we, we go over there and I had, you know, jumped on my Navionics app and I looked at where we were going and, and figured it out. And then I looked at the weather and said, well, I'm going to expect them to be, you know, a little bit on the deeper side. So I'm going to look for those pockets. And we found a spot. I went over there and I just started fishing a lipless. And that was one of the baits that I was not comfortable with at all. Um, and even, even like jerk baits, same thing. Like it was just one of those things I would fish them so I could learn them. I've caught a couple of fish, but my new PB, I caught that on a jerk bait. Right. Based solely on the fact that I was like, I got to find these fish. And once I find them, 
Then I'm going to go and find the big fish and I'm going to start throwing a jig. Because when I, I, someone asked me the question one time, do I consider throwing a jig a power fishing technique or a finesse fishing technique? And it's definitely both uh, to different anglers. But the way I fish it, it's very much less about it being on the fall and more about the retrieve, bringing it back. So a lot more finesse for me. (laughs) I I think it's really interesting because I'm very similar. I'm I'm very much... uh somewhat finesse um like like crankbaits i'm not yep. very good with i have a ton of them i love the six cents crankbaits they're amazing i have tons of boxes of them i barely catch fish on them yeah um, because i don't throw them top water i don't throw a lot and, and for me personally it's because i'm personally i was thinking about it today while i'm out there it's because i'm worried about leaving fish like yeah. i i wake up in the middle of the night thinking that i left fish that i could have caught and yep. it's much easier for me, and I feel like a lot of kayak anglers to like kind of roll into a spot and they just pick that spot apart or pick that spot apart, just decimate that spot with top, middle, bottom, kill the whole thing, and then move on. Yep. That might take two hours, but you know that you've fully covered that whole spot. Yeah, and, uh, and really good days can make bad habits. You know, right. like I, I remember there was one day I was out fishing with uh, Lip Cripper, Mitch Skase, and mm-hmm. Sean. And I think were there were there other listeners that were fishing with us. It might have been. And I was I was throwing a BBZ rat, that which is by far my my favorite topwater bait. My favorite. I I am still very triggered and offended that you guys use rats of all things. Oh my god, it's so you, you can embrace it. I do. I, I guess you earned it. Um, but I I I think it's it's a big fish collar. It's the knock. Yeah. It's not as you fish it back. And I see a lot of people fish it really fast. I fish it so slow. I mean, I fish it real slow on an eight speed reel, but right. that's because I throw it on my frogging setup, you know, right. and I'm it's, it's huge. So I chuck that sucker out there. And like, I've had amazing days where I'm like, it's almost like anywhere I go, I'm catching 16s, 17s, 19s, like mm-hmm. huge fish. And I'm like, this is so easy. And I'm, I realize that like, that is not the case, you know, <laughs> it's just the day, the day just of it being on. And it was, it was just made, made some bad habits, but yeah. All right. So what are your uh, top three? I know you're a bass guy. So uh, other than bass, mm-hmm. what are your top three favorite species to catch salt or fresh? I don't know if you fed or uh fish salt or not, but uh, I've fished a little bit of salt. I don't really have any saltwater favorites. Right. Necessarily. I'll say okay. other, other than bass, um, I, I'm a I'm a big crappie fan. I, I will catch crappie all day. They're delicious. Lab uh, City. Part of it. Yeah, man. Like that was, in fact, that was one of the very first species I caught when I started getting back into fishing in 2012. Um, I'm a catfish fisherman. You know, okay. I, I love I love catching big cats. Uh, even, even like small ones, like bullhead, I'll catch those all day. Like I just, they're, they're cool. They're intriguing. And, uh, for a non-bass species, chain pickerel. Yes. I love them. Give respect to the water wolf. Like, (laughs) I love them. Like, don't get me wrong. Northern pike. They're, they're absolutely amazing, but like Mm -hmm. you can go and like have a great time. Like there are people who definitely get pissed off catching a bunch of slime darts and I get it, you know, but it's like, they're just so cool, you know? They're water they're, dragons. They're uh, so so. Your water's different from mine. So here down in South Jersey, we deal with very small water. So so you're talking about like, oh yeah, it doesn't get much deeper than 15. So so today I was fishing high tide and that was nine foot. That's as high as it gets. Oh yeah. 
Like that's it. It doesn't get deep, but we still. I pulled that six eight out of there. I've pulled over five pound pickerel out of there, and oh. I pulled them at low tide in about a foot to about eight inches of water. And that's like, a river system that you're fishing, right? Yeah. Well, it's a tidal river. A tidal river. That. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about that. I will. I. I mean, I don't want to pump it too much. It's not till not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Yep. Yeah. This video. Every single bass I caught was pissed like they were like i stepped on their mom and called them the worst name ever they are, were pissed are they up on beds uh i caught one off a bed like okay. fully locked into a bed like it was a male and he was pecking it off of it but yep. all the other ones that i caught and all the big ones that i caught they were all females they were not they were staging next to the bed yeah. i don't think they had been dropped yet because they were still full yeah. but but normally, e- even on these tidal rivers, these bass are pissed off jerks. They yeah. acrobatics the whole time. They're jumping like they're smallmouth, and all these are are largemouth. Like they are just there's something special. And the pickerel do the same thing. They'll dog you all the way through to the kayak and then shoot off. There's just something special about the river fish. It, it, it's, I think that there's something to be said there. I don't know if it's, you know, usually what Sean made the point is like usually about once a year in the, one of the biggest river systems that's local to us is the Connecticut river. Uh-huh. And usually about once a year, you'll hear somebody catching a 10 in the Connecticut. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the forage is there. It doesn't, it's much harder for those water systems to free. Yep. Um, and you know, there's places for the fish to go, yep. which you know, changes things. I mean, you know, rivers, obviously you can have catastrophic stuff. That's just going to deplete a fish population. Right. But like in the Connecticut, we've got sturgeon, you know, like unbelievable. Anywhere you've got, anywhere you got those sturgeon, there's going to be bass. There's going to be tons of life. Cause those, I mean, they're kind of particular, but once they're there, like everything kind of moves around that. I feel like. Yep. It's crazy, man. All right, so with your uh, so you've been doing jigs and bigs for a little over a year, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what's your goal for this whole uh, bugs and jugs empire? Goal uh, two two year goal two year goal two year goal. Um, I I would like to make this a point where I can start slowly leaving my own other business and make this like a, a career move. Uh, within the next couple of years. And what that's going to include is going to be regular sponsors. Um, You know, there's uh, there's a lot of things. And and the reason really, honestly, this is interesting. It's not even about the paycheck so much. The reason paycheck has to be there so that I can have the time so that I can experience so much more. You know, we, we do, we, we have guests like we have uh, for one reason or another, we have a number of guests that are in like the new Orleans, like the Louisiana area. And, you know, we have a, an opportunity to possibly be in that area later this fall, uh, depending on really on, on Sean's performance in some of these um, some of these tournaments he's doing. So mm-hmm. we could end up down there later in the fall. And I'm like, I just want the experience fishing with these folks and like learning these other waters that I don't have the, the, the access to necessarily. Like, I love to travel. So I would I'd love to be able to use the podcast as an excuse to do that. Mm hmm. I like fire, that. Fire Sean. <laughs> I, uh, I I like that. I kind of talked about it in the last podcast. This whole I, I I like your view on that. Like you're trying to push your content, and it might not be kind of what we were talking about last time with YouTube content. You're trying to push mm-hmm. that con that that podcast content. Trying to try 
take that fishing experience, that, that lifestyle that we do to that next level, that extra level of work that it takes. And, and it does take like, you've got to, you've got to devote time. You've got to grind. You got to get out there. And uh, yeah. I think that's awesome. That, that'd be great if you could do that. You know, what's funny. A lot of people ask, they're like, you know, especially cause I, I work in the, in the, in the events industry, I'm a DJ. And mm-hmm. a lot of people say like, Oh, who's your DJ hero. And but what I always tell them is Wolfman Jack. 100%. Wolfman Jack is my DJ hero, which kind of makes sense why I like podcasting so much because of the right. vi- radio vibes that it has. Yeah. But when you look at like where my fishing like is sort of like that, it's sort of twofold. The first one that I think of immediately is Mark Zona. That's what I would like to do. 100%. Like that I got the Mark Zona voice too and that kind of inflict I, I think you could kill it, man. I agree with you. Thank yeah. you. I, I hope more people see that because yes. like I see Mark Zona and I'm like, yeah, that is the guy. But I'll tell you what, I didn't grow up watching Bill Dance. I didn't like I didn't my either. knowledge of of Bill Dance is very much like through other people's memories mentioning his shows and his content. You know, I've seen stuff here here and there, but like he wasn't like the fishing hero necessarily to me. But he was just on Tackle Talk. Okay. Not that long ago. And he said something on there that was so inspirational for anybody that creates content. And I actually kind of already referenced it earlier on. And it's that um, the, the biggest hurdle is proving your value to the consumer of your content every single time and trying to deliver that level every single time. And it's to the point where like you almost have to do it unconsciously. You can't actively be thinking about it. Otherwise, <laughs> you can be distracted from what you're doing and actually creating content, but it's like this underlying pressure of like, I want to learn more. I want to give more to the viewer, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. And I was like, Holy crap, man, Bill dance was the OG YouTube fisherman. Man, that, that, that like literally that's a, that's a big truth bomb there. That's a, yeah. I'm about to write that down. That's a, that's some next level stuff, but, but I think it's important to talk about that. I think a lot. And again, the whole point of this show is to talk to. I mean, I kind of uh, stole your idea a little bit, but not really. But uh, um, I mean, I mean, to talk to the people that we we see grinding on Instagram, that we see yep. putting out content on uh, Spotify and podcasts, that we see putting work out on YouTube, um, and just to talk to these, you know what I mean? Talk, talk to yeah. you, talk to other folks about all of this because I mean, we're all fishermen, but it takes something extra to put yourself out there. Yeah, you guys. I mean, I, again, you guys put out a great podcast. It's and, and it's not like a uh, it's not like this podcast that's going to come out right. It's not short form. It's not like you guys put out a long form podcast in it, and, and it's great though. It's it, it's not like, I mean, we make jokes on the uh, on the chat there, mm-hmm. right? That you're the Joe Rogan of uh, fishing podcasts because oh, these yeah. are some epic podcasts. Yeah, but like it's three four hours long. Some of them. But it's content, and it's good content all the way through. Like, I almost wish I worked farther away than where I do. Just yeah. so I can get through that, you know what I mean? But it's it's good content. It's that's why it's so good that we only do one show because that's the beauty of podcasting when you're listening mm-hmm. in audio. You can put it down and pick it right back up. Right. And if you miss something, you might want to listen to it again. Like there are episodes of my favorite podcasts I've listened to four, five, or six times because there might be some gold that's hidden in there that I right. just didn't catch the, f- the first time around. And that's, that's the thing I love about it is I don't like to think of podcasting like radio. Like it goes into the atmosphere, into the airwaves, and then it's gone. When it's gone, it's gone. Unless somebody was recording it, you know, making a mixtape, 
Mm-hmm. That's I'm dating myself. I was about but, to say, what's a mixtape? What is it? No, I'm just joking. I know exactly. we're. I mean, we're close in age, not as close, but not, we're close. Not as close. No, no, no. I have some years. Although I will tell you, uh, Lockwood's got a couple of years on me. I think like, Lockwood has a couple years on everybody, um, yeah, and that's just with life, though, too. Just in life, yeah, life, yeah, for sure. But it, what what it, what's funny is like everybody has the role to play. So it's like, it doesn't matter if it's the same content. Like as long as you're organic, mm-hmm. it's so funny, man. I try to do the same thing. Like I'm, I, I, I'm not a cocky guy. I have never once in my life thought like I'm a great fisherman, nothing like that ever. I'm very humble. I'm a damn good trivia host. Like I will say that because I know right. it. like I am damn good at what I do. And I have a lot of people that are always, always on my ass trying to find out what I'm doing, what I'm doing next. Mm-hmm. Basically taking an idea that I've been working with for months and then regurgitating it on their own. So much to the point that I've actually started just doing clinics where people that use even the same software. They're yeah. like, I'll tell you all about it. Let's go ahead and do it. And the first thing I always start out with is, and, and this is, I truly believe this for any content creator. If you're not organic, your audience is way too smart. And people are stupid. People are really dumb. But -hmm. they are way too smart to have you pull a fast one on them. Like, they're going to know when what you're doing isn't an organic thing. And they're going to, you know... You, you're going to, you're going to end up like, if you can't give them something that's like truly you and you can't be comfortable in your own skin, you cannot put out content and expect it to uh, actually have legs. You know, you gotta be organic about who you are. And I think that's important in all aspects. Um, I know we don't have a ton of people. We got five people, all five people. Thank you very much for being in here, but for the replay in the podcast, I think that goes through all platforms, uh, not just podcasting, not just YouTube. Uh, I'm going to speak specifically to Instagram on that, like having that true voice on that platform. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you're not on Instagram, I, I think you guys should be, um, as a fisherman, you should get on Instagram. Uh, again, I met Bobby through Instagram. I've met Hookset. I met New Jersey Wolfpack, all these folks through it. It's a great community, but we can definitely spot out when you're full of shit. Yeah. Uh, when oh, you're just sure. plugging garbage uh, plug in garbage pro staff just to get a 5% discount. Uh, or even, gonna, if, even if what you're plugging is amazing and you're like, it is fantastic. You just, you feel like you're being read like a sales pitch where we, yeah. I listen to this all day, all the podcast. Uh, so Bobby's is on like every platform. I think you find it at the Smith, Smithsonian. Um, it's in the, uh, it, I mean, it's everywhere. Uh, but Bobby, go ahead. Where can you find your podcast specifically? We're on. Uh, so, so what I like to say is I like to tell people, if you're a podcast person, we're on every major platform. So that's Spotify. Uh, we're on Apple podcast. Most of our listeners listen on Apple podcast. We're on Google. We're on iHeartMedia. We're on Amazon. We're on, I mean, you name it. We're our podcast is there. Uh, if you're not a podcast person, just go to jigsandbigs.com and you can go to our podcast page. You can stream every single episode right there for free or, you know, you can click a link and be to whatever your preferred prod- podcast platform is. and You know, subscribe, rate, review, whatever, whatever it is that you want to do. And if you want this crappy podcast that Bobby's on, um, I'm not as prolific. I'm just on Spotify. So and YouTube. Hey, so uh, I got a question fire from away the hook set, from the hook oh set my god is this a wild bill question no this is a uh this is a ken oh question. it's a ken oh this this should be great 
All right. So Ken wants to know, this is uh, underwater robberies. He wants to know, is it true that you are, in fact, the one that brought sexy back, yet somehow Justin Timberlake took all the credit for it? Well, you know, behind every good artist, there's a producer. And, uh, you know, Justin is a talented guy. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, like, I think the proof is in the pudding. It's in the pudding. Spit <laughs> <laughs> take right oh. now at his screen. Oh boy! All right. Um, what do you want to work on this year? We're gonna try to keep it together. What do you want to work on this year? Whether it be social media wise, yeah. Whether it be fishing wise, I know you want to um, get better at the search baits. We've talked yep. about that. Um, but something like that. What do you want to work on? What, what's your major goal? So this one kind of mixes the two. Um, we have, there's a lot of things that are kind of ongoing right now that are sort of like, not, I don't want to say like out of our control necessarily, but I kind of want to reel these things in and the stuff I'm talking about is like the, uh, the challenge videos. Like we have a lot of collabs that we want to work on, mm -hmm. uh, with all types of different creators. And I want to start seeing those kind of like actually come together. Um, hook sets, a good example of, you know, really, really great and diverse content that's, that's out there. Um, I also want to start working on events, fishing events, you know, um, this tournament that we have on in, in May, which, you know, now is people can register and they can jump in if they go to fishing chaos and join our, our fundraising tournament. Uh, they can do that. Like, so these, these other little projects that sort of extend further on the tournament. We want to start doing events. We want to do some collabs, like I'm talking about the uh, Rocky Mountain Oysters video. Like that's something we want to actually work on, but there's so many people who want to do it mm -hmm. that we have to start whittling that list down and figure out a date and a location to go and make it, make it happen. Basically I want to take, you know, you've seen that, that da bomb hot sauce challenge video, right? I, I have. And um, my stomach churns just yet. Yeah, nope. Nope. You guy don't even want to look at it. I can feel okay. the pain now. Nope. Nope, we've talked about how uh, unstable this tum tum can be on your yeah, podcast. Right. Yes, um, on multiple of your podcasts, um, dude, that would tear me up. I can't even. Yeah. This is, and I mean, I apologize when uh, when I had Bill and Andrew and Ken on. I was no, like, not for Bill. You let Bill take that. I, well, Bill had an, a second chip. That's the thing. If you watch, he's like, "Pretty good. You take another chip." And then, right. But yeah. Drive around those foothills and get out of the That was turned it on. That interview when you guys were talking about that last week, and one the banter between the three OGs was hilarious. Um, so man, uh, uh, but then blaming like, oh, it was the hills. Is that what it was? I don't think it was the hills. I'm with. I think I'm with Andrew. I don't think it was the hills. I think it was the second yeah. chip. I think the second chip. second chip was the culprit. Yeah. All right. So, what are your uh, right now? Uh, you're in New England, pretty close yep. to where I'm at. What are your uh, What are your top three favorite lures to use right now? We're talking pre-spawn into spawn, kind of in that halfway mode. What do you got? Top three. Top three. And I want them from the bank, not from the kayak. I don't know if that changes it for you. No, it's probably going to be about the same. Um, top three. You, you watch that. Um, let's start with uh, 
let's start with uh, with search bait. Um, okay. It's going to be a Bill Lewis rattle trap. Why the Bill Lewis over the other brands? Uh, just because I've had the most success with it. Um, Six Sense makes great uh, lipless crank. Yep. Uh, Guggen makes it. Strike King makes a great lipless. I mean, yep. it's great. But it's just uh, the Bill Lewis stuff has been around for so long. And I started throwing throwing it. And uh, and it's I've just had the most uh, results with it. And, and I, I would say probably in some, and any, anything, actually anything I say is going to be some kind of a natural pattern. I always mm-hmm. try to go with an, as natural as possible. Even if the, the, the water clarity dictates otherwise, my, my thought, my school of thought is that these natural fish that are the forage for these predators, that's the way they're going to be seen in that water. So I, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to, in, in, in bad, you know, bad uh, conditions, I might go with something that's got more vibration, like a chatterbait or, 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 or a lipless versus okay. like a bait. Um, I would say, yeah, so it would be definitely, definitely a, a Bill Lewis rattle. I like the Bill Lewis uh, pull for that. And, and a lot of people, I mean, there is, I love Sixth Sense. I, I fish a lot of their stuff. Oh, yeah. There is something special about the shape of that original rattle trap, though, because it's small, but it still yep. gives out. So like, uh, what is it? It's a quake for Sixth Sense, right? But that's yep. higher, like that's a bigger profile bait. Uh the rattle trap, the original one, is giving out that same vibration, but in a smaller package. So I, 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 I agree with you. I think I think that's a great bait, and especially if it's smaller forage, I think that's yep. a, a, a lot better choice than some of those other brands. And it's also like, especially this time of year, like like you're saying, like pre-spawn into spawn. Yeah, um, it's it's. I mean, you don't get much flatter of a side than a rattle trap. You know, I mean, it is it is the, as flat side as it can possibly get, and it's got some good stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> struggle yeah coming through yeah, you might be so lucky if that's the case <laughs> slips right uh, that's going to be one the other okay. one's going to it is going to be a six sense bait uh because this is the jerk bait i i got my last pb on provoke, it's provoke 106 in blue yeah my i mean it's just it, it's it's amazing how in cold water that bait will just like pull the e-brake and just and just un, unreal um, it's just great action. Uh, I, I love it. It's uh, it's a little bit large, but uh, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Right. And then the last one is going to be where is it? Yeah, this little son of a bitch right here. A PB and G jig. PB and G. Okay. PB and J jig for sure. I mean, you know me. I'm trying to learn these things. So. Uh, what kind of trailer are you throwing on that and how are you working it? I am almost always going to use a craw trailer. Almost always in the, and when it's really, really cold, I'll use a chunk. Um, and what I'll do generally is I'll throw up against cover and, you know, as like, uh, especially like, like wood submerged timber, I'll try to throw it right, right yeah. in there. Um, or like bridge pilings or something like that. I'll throw it right up against there and I'll always just let it hit the bottom. Once it's on the bottom, I just kind of let it sit and then hop it a bit and, and give it, I usually have like a cadence, almost like with a jerk bait. I'll drag it for, for so long and then I'll drop down, reel up the slack. I'll give it a big pop, reel up the slack and then hop it a couple of times and then I'll drag it again. And then once I'm kind of out of what I would consider the strike zone, I just swim it back. Um, it, but the reason why I like a jig so much is that 
you can do everything with it. You can do everything with, and actually with this specific style of jig, um, it lends. What's the brand on that jig? This one here is, uh, it's from lead free bass jigs. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a jigs and bigs, uh, uh, all absolutely is what this is. But if you look at the hook, the way that's set up, it doesn't have a ton. It's not a super aggressive hook. Yeah, no, that's got a open end on it. It's kind of like, and what I'll usually do is I'll trim the weed guard down to about right here. Mm -hmm. And on this same jig, I will, it's a three eighths and it's not a super stout hook. So this rides, honestly, it kind of, and because of the head shape in the front, mm -hmm. it kind of rides uh, like oh, a, it's like a hybrid jig almost. I was about to say like, that, that, that looks like a hybrid jig. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll use this, I'll swim this. Uh -huh. With a crawl trailer, all you actually even swim with a paddle tail as well. Um, or I'll just clip the, the top of the skirt, give it a haircut with a little like finesse skirt on top, and it'll, it'll work great as a finesse jig. It's right. it's not too big, it's one of those all around size jigs, like three eighths ounce for where I am. That mm -hmm. that puts in puts in the work. I was you're talking about crawl trailer, are you talking about yeah. something fast moving? Are we talking about rage tail? Or are we talking about something subtle? Or are we talking about something in the middle? I would say probably something in the middle. The one crawl that I really like a lot is the, I think it's, uh, is it Yum that does a chicker crawl? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a, a good sort of like, but I mean, I'm not picky. I'll throw any type of a crawl. And generally, I'm always throwing uh, green pumpkin as my okay. trailer color. I'll, I'll use the skirt as like, you know, a difference in, in, you know, whatever that, uh, that, that, that presentation might be. Right. Uh, Black and blue, you know, black and blue uh, jig. I'm I'm throwing uh, a green pumpkin trailer on it. You know, it's it's just kind of the way I, I like to do it. It's as natural as I think it, it could be, uh, unless I, it's like red. I haven't messed with that yet. I haven't either. I mean, well, I have. I've thrown it. So jigs become my obsession. Obsession. Last year it was swim jigs. You know, dive deep into that. And now it's these bottom jigs, and I'm just trying to. I'm still looking for that elusive first one. Um, but I, I I love the jig. I think in my brain it makes sense. Yep. On why it should work even more than like I'm right now. Like I'm primarily a worm fisherman, but by worm I mean like a weighted wacky, not even so much a Texas. Gotcha. That doesn't fit in my head. I was having a conversation. I think he's still in here with Ramon Outdoors. Yep. You were talking about worms, right? And. uh it took me a long time to realize like that worm isn't supposed to, in my head, that doesn't represent a worm to the fish. And it, it represents a dying bait fish. So when you fish it on that weighted wacky, it's given that, you know, undulation. It yep. looks like a dead fish. So I love that the jigs give that like lifelike bait fish. Yeah. Look. You know what I mean? That, that lifelike prey look. And I, I, I just love it. I just need to get that first one. But I love them. I, I dig it. Well, it's funny you say that, like about worms. Uh, when it comes to, especially like stick baits, I oftentimes won't throw um, a weighted Texas rigged Senko, uh -huh. you know, um, or uh, you know, any type of a stick bait like that. I, I will generally try to, if I'm going to use a weight, I'm probably going to Nico rig it now. If we're being honest. Right. So, so I, I heard you talking about Nico rigging. So I got, I got a little experience with Nico rigging. Oh, Have all right. you tried the quiver worm from Missile Baits? No, I have, but a lot of people have mentioned that. Is it, dude? Yeah? It is 
insane. So because so you can get it in two sizes, right? So you're yeah. gonna get in a short one. I don't recommend the short one. I recommend the bigger one. I think it's uh funny story. Let's see here. Oh, there we go. Lift over. Mm-mm-mm. This makes great content as I look for something. There we go. Nope. Those are all Ned bombs. They're in the boat right now. Anyway, so I think they come in at like 5.8 yep. and a 4.7. I would go with a 5.8. Yep. But what's great about them, have you seen the missile bait Ned bombs? Have you seen oh, those? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same bait, just elongated. Oh, really? Okay. It's just elongated. So it's exactly the same bait you have. The ribs all the way down the bait, and then it comes to that spade tail in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I throw a one-eighth ounce um, weight into it. And pro tip for anybody doing Nico rigging, uh, take a lighter, light that uh, weight, light it up real hot, and then that, then shove it into the plastic, and it'll melt into the plastic. Yeah. Um, but then run your standard Nico hook off of that. Dude, it kills, and it gives you that long profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, depending on how you rig it, I do it with a, uh, uh, with a collar, right? Like yep. the, yep. So I do that, but I do it to where you have this much worm up top and this right here. And this is where you hook into, yeah. so you have that whole top of the worm, almost like a shaky head. That's exactly the way I do it. Okay. That's exactly the way I do it. Like I, I, I put that O ring about like the, the lower third line right. and I'll, yep. I'll hook it there and yeah absolutely you know what i've actually had really good luck with nico rigging and it's a drop shot bait is uh is what, what do they call that the sl- not the slim shit it's a it's a guggen bait uh the dragon drop dragon drop okay the dragon That's a good bait. bait yeah yeah it is i, I love that i love that bait for drop shots but i was like you know we'll just give this a shot and it's got like that that tapered tail that comes out and then it's kind of bulbous at the end. Yeah. And and it's just like that. There's so much action there. Like I've seen people Nico reading craws and like all kinds of stuff. I'm like, it's just, it's such a great presentation. Um, But for me, like with a stick bait, if I'm not going to Nico rig it, um, I'll I'll wacky rig it as well. But generally I'm going to fish it weightless and Texas rig it. And I'll do small worm hook and I'll fish it like a jerk bait. Okay. Yeah. Hit the water and just like pop it. And it's like nice and erratic and it gets that great. Like you said, that bait fish presentation, like that's a beauty of stick baits. It's there's so much more than just worms. It it, it really took me a while to realize that though, like an idiot that I am, like I was like, Oh, this is supposed to be a worm. Like, Oh, my, my, uh, my water's dirt Brown. I'm going to fish a light. Like I fish is weird. Uh, Yum Dinger comes out with this weird, like, flesh-colored worm. Not only is it weird, but it makes me, like, extremely uncomfortable uh, how gross this color is. But that's all I fished to begin with because I was like, that looks like an earthworm. Uh, Okay. And I will, like, there's memes about it. Um, I was that guy who took a hook and took that rubber worm. The first time I went out fishing went when I started to do fishing again. And I took that rubber worm and I wrapped that son of a bitch around that hook, like it yep. was a like it was a night crawler. And I was so oh, yeah. confused why I couldn't catch fish. And then I discovered YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, I'm an idiot. That's not how that's no supposed action. to work." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, stick baits are 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 absolutely amazing. Like I love a four inch stick bait. I'll take okay. a small, 
number one, uh, you know, uh, offset worm uh, worm hook, and and mm-hmm. I'll try with that right in the grass. It, it's such a great presentation, you know. You just you pop it up out of the grass, and you'll get that nice little reaction strike here and there. And I, I think that's important what you're saying because you talked about that last podcast um, yeah. or y- your last podcast um, about how you're using a drop shot from the bank. But you're using it primarily like why most guys are doing it because they're trying to get those suspended fish. Uh, you were talking about how you're using it to get above vegetation to keep yeah. that thing up top, which I think is uh, a, a pretty cool idea and good for folks to know. Yeah. That you're oh, working sure. a little different. Yeah. That's because. The the yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it, it is. It's the name of the game. You you got to get that bait seen, you know, and, and right. to do so like traditionally when you're using a finesse hook or something with an open, you know, with an open hook point, you're just going to grab on a bunch of different, gra- a bunch of grass and you're going to end up kind of fighting yourself really. But if you, if you can rig something weedless and drop shot, you know, with, and sometimes, it takes trial and error. You know, you got to leave like a wicked long leader and then clip your drop shot weight so it's a little bit shorter. And mm-hmm. that gives you room to extend it if you need to because uh, you can't go the other way. <laughs> you right. go, you know? So it gives you a little bit of room to, to extend it if you need to. But then once you find like that that perfect sort of situation, and it's it's almost like when they're really finicky to bite, and you can't get them to bite a lipless that you're just or or a chatterbait that you're running over the tips of the grass. That yeah. drop shot comes in key. Or that swim jig. Maybe you should yeah. try the swim jig. I, that's the other thing too. It's like, well, it's it's so funny. I don't know if you saw uh, the Hooks at Hoodlums video where where Sean and I did some uh, some catfishing. I caught yes. a nice smallie. So that was my first time ever fishing an open hook underspin. Right. And I was like, well, because I had one and it was lead. I can't use it in mass. I'm like, well, right. I can't get, screw it. I'm throwing lead. <laughs> I'm chucking. This one's made out of uranium. I'm throwing this uranium in Connecticut. Why does the water boil when it hits the water? I don't get it. <laughs> and I just, you know, it was just one of those things where yeah. I was working that bait. And I, it, that's what got me thinking. I was like, you know, maybe I got to start paying attention to swim jigs that are silent. You know what I mean? Where yes. you're not vibrating a bunch of stuff. You've got the only action you really have is the trailer, you know? And I've, I've only thrown swim jigs two or three times. Yeah. And it was before I had real good confidence in using another, like an Arky style or a casting jig, you know, or anything gotcha. like that, or a football headed jig. So, you know, that's another I, I, one. I think you should look into it. Anybody who follows me on Instagram or on YouTube knows I love, after last year, I love that swim jig. That is... My number one moving confidence bait. Um, you can match the hatch. You can slow it down. You can keep it up top. You can rip that thing through cover way better than a chatterbait. I don't care what people say. Yeah, you got you got thick cover. You got thick pads. You throw a chatterbait into the middle of that. You're clumping up. You the do black, not get that. All that stuff up. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, a swim jig. You won't get that. And depending on your swim jig, I mean, the two big brands that I like are Six Sense and Beast Coast. You're yep. not going to have an issue. With that at all, that that swim jig is going to come out when you're done with it, and you pull it up, you're like, "There's there's nothing on it. You're moving yeah. that bait all the way through." That's awesome. I highly recommend it, man. If you uh, if you get a chance to, I think it's it's like changed my thinking on um, how we were talking about before with power and finesse. Because yeah. I mean, it's a moving bait. We we consider that power, right? But it's a very finesse way to do that. I feel like I'm not missing fish. Yeah. Because I have a wrong presentation because I feel like it's so finessey, even though it's a moving bait. Yep. 
it's so funny too because like I've I've gotten really into throwing these tungsten underspins that are weedless. Mm-hmm. It's got the screw lock on there, and you rig it, you know, kind of like on a wide gap hook, and it works. They're they're fantastic. But you know, even even there, it's like I found that it's tough to find fish with stuff like that. That yeah. I've that's the biggest thing, and that's kind of why I started to kind of focus more on on lipless right now is because of the versatility, but I could see a swim jig being just as versatile because it sinks. Right. You know, I don't have to worry about a diving depth or anything like that. I can right. you know, kind of count where it is and, and then, and then fish it back. So. And, and, and being a kayak guy, I, I think that yep. the swim jig would work great for you. Uh, somebody put it great in uh, one of the comments, like a swim jig is a very horizontal presentation. Yeah. Not so much a, a, a slanted as in a, a, you know what I mean? Like a crankbait. Yeah. It's a horizontal. You can count it down. You can get it where you want it. You can fine tune it. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the thing. Find some natural, some natural colors I like, and just uh, and just just go out for the day and just just freaking crank them. All right, man. This has been a great conversation. I want to down with the ending question. It's a top three question. It's super important. It's super relevant to everything we've been talking about. I love that. Those are my favorite questions. What are your top three sandwich proteins? Top three sandwich proteins. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <sighs> I feel like it's spot. a really important question. It says a lot about you. Um, this is really going to make or break on whether people like you on these proteins. You're 100% right. I mean, I'm going to go... See, my mom... I'm half Sicilian. Okay. So you kind of know the wheelhouse that I'm going in here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go with the trio. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to go with uh, a hot Capicola. Well, it's gotta okay. be right. You can't do a mild Capicola. You can't do a mild. <laughs> the higher the better. I like a good uh, hard salami. Okay. And uh, a traditional mortadella with the almonds and the garlic and all, all right, all right. Yeah, those are those are my three. And I mean, you know, if we're talking a sandwich like me, it's stacked with meat up to like about the size of my face, right. and then you know, that's how it works. All right, matter, Bobby, you're, you're a Jersey guy. Yeah, have you experienced White House subs yet? Oh, of course I have. Okay, all right. Because you're in a trade show in your neck of the woods in August, potentially. You Two are things. in Atlantic City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, I'm only like, let's uh, let the cat out of the bag. I'm only five minutes from Atlantic City. Yeah, yeah. So we should, two things. Yes. Gorge over at White House and then yes. go fishing. Yes, I'll take you out on River X. We'll slam it up. We should oh, yeah. do River X first, and then we'll do the subs. Um, That's a great idea, because otherwise we'll both be passed out in our kayaks. Like, absolutely. I mean, I do that no matter what. I don't need the subs to add to it. All right, man. It's been great to have you on. Um, one last plug. Let everybody know where they can find your content at. Everything I do is over at Jigs and Bigs. We're on Instagram. Follow us over there. If you're catching big fish, DM us. We'd love to feature your pictures over there. Uh, and uh, and we're on all the major podcast platforms that are out there. You can follow our YouTube channel as well. We do occasional live streams, all kinds of good stuff. Also, if you guys got really good shirtless pictures of dudes, definitely DM them also. Um, Bobby, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much. <laughs> 
It's so weird you say that because it's very rare that I DJ a wedding or a party for somebody that there isn't a bunch of random shirtless dudes that, and these are different groups of people every time. And I'm done fighting it. I'm just owning it. <laughs> Listen, you just got to have it on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right, man. It's been great. Good stuff, man. Thank you very right. much. Thank Take you, care, man. All righty.